6-1 and sitting atop the NFC East. The Eagles take on the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday, riding high. Can they stay that way in the face of season-ending injuries to left tackle Jason Peters and middle linebacker Jordan Hicks? How does this football team avoid a quote-unquote trap game against a winless 49ers team? Is what we have seen from the Eagles for real? Ah, the questions. We're here to give you some answers on the Eagles Live podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Glad to be with you as the Eagles get set on a short week after the Monday night football win over Washington to host San Francisco. Before we go into the locker room and the coach's office, let's get you caught up with some news of the week. Quarterback Carson Wentz continued his red-hot start to the 2017 season with a four-touchdown performance against Washington and was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week for his efforts. The Eagles replaced Jason Peters on the 53-man active roster with Taylor Hart, the converted defensive tackle making the transition to the offensive tackle spot, and the team vows to make up for more personnel losses, notably Peters and Jordan Hicks. In fact, that's where we're going to start the podcast. Head coach Doug Peterson provides the update on his plans to make do without two starters who played key roles in the 6-1 season. Here is Doug Peterson one-on-one. Doug, significant injuries here. Offensive line, how ready is this group to move forward? And how is it in the psyche of Carson Wentz when the left tackle is out? It's tough when you lose players like Jason Peters, Jordan Hicks, Chris Maragos, Darren Sproles for a significant amount of time. And some of these guys are obviously for the season. So from Carson's standpoint to quarterback standpoint, Big V is a guy that we have a lot of confidence. He started games in the National Football League. He's not a rookie anymore. So this will be a great opportunity for Big V, obviously. It's a big role to fill, Pro Bowl left tackle. But we got all the confidence in him. Carson has a lot of confidence in him and we get him ready to go just like we would any week and get ready for the Niners. Why is Big V the left tackle rather than we all thought the big picture plan was to go Lane on the left side, Big V on the right side? Right now, Lane is playing extremely well at right tackle and looking down the road and I hate to look down the road but you know we've got some teams coming up that have some players on our right side their left side the Von Millers of the world the Khalil Max of the world that play on that side of the ball so you know this is a great opportunity for Lane he's playing extremely well right now I don't want to disrupt two positions and just plug Big V in he's worked both sides and he's played well at both sides so this is the best opportunity right now for our football team and without Jordan Hicks how do you compensate a middle linebacker well you got Joe Walker who uh, obviously has filled in this season has done a good job there. Najee Good's another one that's filled in right there. And then we also have some secondary. Malcolm Jenkins has been a guy that has been used down and around the box a little bit. So we have some options there. Jim will have a great plan going forward. And our personnel department is looking and trying to add some more depth if we can. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. From the coordinator's perspective, it's really about filling roles. You know the Eagles are taking the next man up philosophy here, and they've done that all season, as they've had to put place kicker Caleb Sturgis, running back return man Darren Sproles, and special team star Chris Maragos on injured reserve already this season before Peters and Hicks went there this week. On defense, Jim Schwartz says replacing Hicks is going to take a collective effort. Well, we've already played a lot of football without him this year. So it's nothing that we haven't done before. Guys will step up into different roles. We've been doing that all season long. You know, we'll miss him on the field for sure. He's a quarterback of our defense, provides a great leadership role, but other guys will step up into that. Nigel has already stepped up into part of that, and we'll have multiple players that'll fill. It won't be one person will step up and fill. It'll be various players that will step in and fill it. For the offense, the Eagles are ready to turn over the position to Halapalavati Vaitai, the second-year player from TCU. Here is coordinator Frank Reich. 
it means the next man up. And we have a lot of confidence in the guys now. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Jason Peters is a rare player. I have no problem saying I've been around this game for 30 years. I've been around some great offensive linemen, a lot of great offensive linemen. I mean, no disrespect to any of them because there are a lot of great ones, but Jason Peters is the best one I've ever been around. Among the linebackers, there are going to be new responsibilities. Nigel Bradham will wear the speaker in his helmet, getting the calls from the coaching staff. He will then communicate to his teammates something that is clearly different for Bradham. Nigel, how does life potentially change for you without Jordan? More communication, for sure. Making my role a little bit bigger by having to get communication right and making sure everybody knows where we're in and where we're at. Do you think that potentially you'd be playing middle linebacker? No, I didn't. Not coming into this year, I didn't, obviously. I would never think that, but it happens. So when things happen in this league and I'm just ready for the opportunity and ready to step up. What difference will it be in the middle versus strong side? It'll be a little different working off of, of number three more so than number two. So it'll be a little different, things like that. Who I'm personnel against and stuff like that, it'll be different that way. But as far as lining everybody up, no difficulty with you verbalizing it, I guess, is the challenge. Well, for me, I had a good understanding of the whole defense by me being in it for some time now. So I understood a lot of the calls and everything already. That helped me in those situations. When those situations happened, when he went down, by me having that veteran experience helped me out a lot just by knowing that. So that helped me with the calls and communicating. Thank you. No problem. Najee Good can play all of the three linebacker positions and will have a greater role, something he is prepared to embrace. You know, it's amazing. You play in this game, you always say, I'm one play away. And you really believe that, right? Yes, sir. I believe it because I've been a part of it. And the main thing is that, you know, now more than ever, it's just how intense, you know, the season gets. You know, we really just got to make sure we stay the same course. Schwartz, you know, he always give us good advice and he always say weather the storm, you know, and make sure we steer ahead. So. What will happen to linebacker? How will you overcome the loss of Jordan? Basically, you know, it's going to take a team effort. Team effort as far as, you know, guys filling in, you know, me, Joe, whoever is called upon to do what we got to do. And Nigel and Michael coming back in. So best thing, too, about our defensive situation with our DBs coming back in, we're getting guys back. So it's not going to be a, you know, a one-person guy. It's going to be a team thing. Ever been on a team like this, Najee, where everybody is just, when one guy goes down, you always talk about filling in, but a lot of times it doesn't work out. This team has made it work. Yeah, I hear stories about it, but no, I've never been a part of it. And, you know, to see guys go down from every different position, you know, from Big V on offense coming in and then Rasul, you know, Mountaineer, you got to expect him, but yeah. You got to get the shout out for West Virginia, don't you? Right, right, but guys coming back, you know, they stepping in, so. It happened with Chris on special teams. It happened with Caleb on special teams. You guys helping the young guys step up. How have the young guys come along just with that mantra of stepping up and doing the job? It's not often the young guys can just step in and take the place of a veteran. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. You see what those guys do on offense. Corey's catch was ridiculous, and Carson's throw was ridiculous, too. So they've been doing the same thing just from a different perspective. If you look at us on defense, guys filling in, you know, guys like Kamu making plays, forcing fumbles, and then Corey making tackles. The last time we played the Redskins, you know, he had to open and tackle. You know, they can make plays like that on special teams, and then he can go in and catch a wheel route for a 20-yard touchdown. So, you know, the younger guys have been doing an excellent job. And Kenyon coming back, he fell right back into the role of punt returner, you know, taking that big one back against Arizona. So, Can you play all three linebacker spots? I mean, you know I'm down cold. Oh, yes, yes. Is that required of every linebacker? Yeah, definitely required. Every linebacker can do it. It's the one thing to actually go out there and be given an opportunity to do it. So, you know. Are you able to, if the opportunity presents itself, line everybody up? Do you have that skill set? I mean, do they teach you to do that also? If needed, Najee, you have to line everybody up? Yeah, we do. It's funny with shorts, you know. It's one thing that's required. And, you know, the best way to, you know, ensure your opportunities on this field and with anybody in the league is, you know, to gain the trust of knowing what you're doing. And that's something that, you know, I definitely 
practice in Iron for six years. Well, I guess if you don't believe in your defensive coordinator, you guys are in deep trouble. I mean, like everybody really trusts what Jim's doing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can see how tenacious our defense plays, and you can see that you know we played our strengths, and you know we play together as a team, and you know that's the one thing that kind of like it happened naturally, you know, with our football team. But to have a scheme, to have a you know a tenacious defensive scheme that's going to attack those attributes of us, you know, it's huge. It's something that we love to do. So. Thanks, man. Yep, no doubt. Join the inaugural Eagles Autism Challenge, a cycling run-walk event to fund autism research. It's a day for the entire region to become a team, have fun, and together advance autism research. For more info, visit eaglesautismchallenge.org. What's the mood of the locker room given all the injuries, which is taxing this 53-man roster, and given that the Eagles have the best record in the NFL? I went to cornerback Jalen Mills to discuss. Jalen, 6-1 record here. Have you noticed any sort of change in the demeanor of the locker room, the mindset of the guys? You know, just coming from last year to this year, you know, starting super, super fast and then kind of being an up-and-down type of team, you know. I think this year, you know, we kind of understood that. You know, we kind of knew that feeling that we had at the beginning of the year and then throughout the rest of the year. And now, you know, nobody's getting too high on ourselves. You know, everybody's just, you know, not too much focusing on the record, but just focusing on our game and our opponents. Is that from each individual learning that experience or is it from somebody stepping up and saying and reminding you of, like for in your example, last year was really, as you look back at it, a tremendous learning experience, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think it's one individual guy stepping up week in and week out and telling the team. I think everybody just had their own little, you know, thing inside of them knowing, you know, um, where they could have gotten better from last year, where this team could have been last year. So I think it's just everybody as a whole group, as a whole unit, just knowing that feeling. Did you hit a wall last year at all, emotionally or physically? Uh, Definitely, definitely emotionally, just for the simple fact that uh, being at LSU, you know, um, winning, you know, being used to winning, uh, you know, at least 10 games a season, you know, so for sure it's a lot different, you know, coming from college, going to NFL, season's a lot longer, but at the same time, you know, anything can happen any given Sunday. How about now? How do you feel emotionally and physically? I mean, I feel pretty good. You know what I mean? And not just because of the record, you know, just because of where this team is. You know, the energy on this team, you know, is always positive regardless. I mean, the first drive of the series for the offense. Nobody went into a shell. Nobody went into a hole. You know, guys just came to the sideline, you know, made corrections and kept moving forward. And, you know, just seeing that as a player, as a person, you know, you see that this team is always positive regardless of whatever the outcome is. Now you've got, you're down Jordan, you're down Jason. So what's it been like? just kind of from a rallying around the injured player's standpoint? Um, that's kind of been a story, you know, of our season right now. You know, next guy up, you know what I mean? Next guy up, next guy up. And I think, you know, that mentality that we have as a team, it comes starting at practice, you know what I mean? Whether it's the first string, second string, or third string in, you know, everybody, you know, is competing at a very high level. So, you know, if your time does come or if your name is called, you know, everybody is seizing that opportunity. Do you ever read stuff or listen to everybody saying how great the Eagles are? No, and no, I don't read it at all. You ignore it all? Yeah, I don't get caught up in it. Social media, you don't pay attention to what the fans are saying? No, I don't get caught up in it. Have you always been that way? No, I kind of had to learn that in college. You know what I mean? We had some harsh fans up there in Baton Rouge. But, you know, I think it was just a learned trait that I got. So, How about the Niners? What do you know about them? They got some really good athletes over there, man. Um... I mean, as far as, except for their last game, you know, every game's been pretty tight with those guys. You know what I mean? Those guys have been almost in every other game. So we have to know that regardless of our record, regardless of their record, you know, those guys are going to come in here and they're going to give us their all. Thanks, Jalen. Yeah, thank you. The offense has been humming along here, in case you haven't noticed, scoring points and staying balanced, eating clock and scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Tight end Trey Burton, a former quarterback from the University of Florida, gives a lot of the credit to, who else? Number 11, Carson Wentz. 
Trey, this offense, it's been so interesting just to watch how everybody has a hand in it. What's it like to know that everybody's an equal opportunity touchdown maker? It's pretty cool. I think a lot of it has to do with Carson, you know, and his ability to make reads and not just lock in on one person. And he trusts all of us. And we have a really special group of guys. And I think we've kind of showed that if you double one person, then you got a bunch of other guys who are going to be wide open. So you kind of have an appreciation for that, having played the quarterback position. Yeah. So tell me, from your perspective, how unique is it what Carson's doing? <laughs> Extremely unique. I think the biggest thing that's unique about him is just the way he's able, and you see it throughout all the great quarterbacks in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger a couple years ago, like they never ever got sacked because they're able to avoid pressure. And even when they got blitz, you know, someone will be scot-free and they'll just do a little move and get out of it. And that's just extremely demoralizing to a defense. And just that's what makes him really, really special. And then also like even coming in, I thought he was an unbelievable passer on the run. And so he's really special in that area as well. Describe what it's like to be in the pocket as a quarterback. How would you describe that? It's it's a lot. I mean, you have a rush coming. When I was playing quarterback, it was in high school and college, so I wasn't playing against a lot of the war daddies that were playing now, you know, on the defensive line. And anybody at any given time could beat an offensive lineman and sack the quarterback. And so you got guys running at you. You're backing up, and you're trying to keep your eyes downfield to read the coverage. And then on top of that, remember what route combination you have going on. So it's just a ton, and you've got to be on top of your stuff. How does this offense maintain the prolific nature of scoring that you've had through seven games? I think a lot of it has to do with the run game. We're running the ball really well. We've played some unbelievable defenses. You know, Kansas City, Washington's run defense is no joke. They're no slouch by any means. They're one of the top in the league. And so we've got some really good experience against some great defenses and defensive fronts. And our old line is playing at an extremely high level. You know, we have one of the best in the game at Kelsey playing center. And it all starts with him and him giving us calls and going from there. But there's no Jason Peters anymore, so what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. V, obviously, is a really good player. And so we'll see what happens in the future and what the offensive line looks like next game, but we'll see. For fans who don't understand it, the difference, Trey, that I guess the daily enjoyment of playing on a team that's not winning versus playing on a team that's 6-1, and one, is there a significant difference? I would say for my position, no, just for the fact that I still have Selick and Ertz. Last year, we were all together. I still had Justin Peel, you know, as our coach, and we all get along really, really well, and those guys, for me, make it fun to come to work, regardless of win-loss or draw. I love hanging out with those guys in general, so. Thank you. Yeah, man. This is running back Wendell Smallwood. This is Trey Burton, tight end. This is Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. This team can be very explosive. Speaking of Wentz, he's obviously impressing everyone these days on and off the field. Here's a story I found pretty neat to hear from Brian Westbrook, who literally met Wentz for the first time only a few days ago. Here is Press Pass with Brian Westbrook and a chance encounter with quarterback Carson Wentz. Brian, I'd like you to share a story to begin here. The first time you met Carson Wentz, when was it? I was sitting down having breakfast with Brian Dawkins, and first time I had an opportunity to meet him. Very respectful young man. You know, you hear all the stories. He's smart. He's a good man. You see him doing different things in the community. You expect that. But then when you see a young man that has the type of presence that he has, he has the ability to, when he walks in the room, everyone sees him. He doesn't have to say a word. That's a weird thing for a young man to have in his ability to listen, his ability to add different comments to add to the conversation it was impressive you see now why this team is so successful because they have a guy like him leading the ship will all of this attention all of this hype all of this hoopla now that you've met him you have a good understanding of who he is will it affect him that's the funny thing i think it won't even come close to touching the kid it was 8 30 in the morning this is the day after the game the game didn't get over till midnight and he's here in the building eating breakfast trying to perfect his game trying to understand what he did wrong how he can be better there's not a lot of players in the league tom brady drew me there's just not a lot of 
guys in the league that are here the next day doing that type of thing. That just shows you the type of person that he is, the love that he has for the game. I can't see in the future these types of things going to his head because he's not that type of guy. He's not looking for the fame and the fortune type of thing. He just wants to go out there and play football and be the best football player that he can be, and that's important for this team. The last time the Eagles started a season this well, 2004, we all know what happened that year. So what was the key that season to keeping it going, keeping your edge, playing at a high level, and what will be the key for this team? I think the key for us back then was we competed every single day in practice. We were very, very humble, but we were also very, very hungry. We wanted to get better every single day. We also knew that the end game wasn't to win our division. The end game was to try to get into the Super Bowl and win it. And we understood that just one game didn't make the season win, lose, or draw. We had to continue to get better every single day. And I think this team understands that. Doug, as the head coach, understands it. And he's allowed the leaders of this team to take control and ownership of it. And I think that locker room is strong enough that they can understand and deal with the success that they've had already. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it, Brian, because, you know, looking back at 2004, the Eagles had been in three straight NFC Championship games, so they knew how to get... This team hasn't even been in the playoffs. So how do they know? It starts with your leader. starts with your head coach, but also starts with Carson Wentz. And he's a guy, like we just talked about, he doesn't get too high or get too low. You don't need to listen to the media because they're going to tell you that they love you, you're the best thing ever. But it's going to come down to those guys, those 53 guys on that team, the guys in the locker room, making sure that they continue to get better every single day. They go out there on that practice field and compete. And if the quarterback is doing it, he's here in the morning, that's going to make other guys come in. That's how this team continues to get better. One thing that's always driven me crazy at times in the history of the Eagles, playing down to the level of your competition. So the Niners come into town and they're winless, competitive, but they're winless. So boy, I'm going to be looking for that on Sunday. Don't take the Niners for granted. Certainly, you can't take any team for granted in this league. You've seen so many teams that are undefeated play a, a team that hasn't got a win and they find a way to win. So you never want to be that team. And so I think it's just going to take some pride. It's going to take some competition, especially in the practice field. But it's also going to take some coaching from Doug. And there's a lot of things on that film that they need to correct. There's a lot of situations in that game against Washington that they need to find a different way to do them. Those are the coaching points. Those are the things that they should focus on this week. That way, they'll be prepared on Sunday. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Lost in all that is going on with his football team was the regular season debut of fifth-round draft pick linebacker Nate Gary, who played on 15 special teams plays against Washington. What a thrill to start an NFL career in prime time on national television and with a frenzied home crowd against a bitter NFC East rival. I didn't really see it as big as I thought. You know, my parents made it a little more bigger for me. You know, I saw it as another day of work going, you know, trying to compete for a spot. And it paid off just being able to go and play in a primetime game Monday night was pretty remarkable. Did you have family or friends in attendance? My brother actually was actually there, so that was pretty cool. I had some family here. Take us through the human emotions of it. What was it like running out on the field? Pretty nervous at first, especially before my first couple plays. Didn't really know what to expect. You know, still trying to just think about my assignments and stuff like that. Uh, After a couple, you know, the flow started to go and, you know, it was just another football player out there again you know it just took me a while to get used to it though but it paid off national anthem you're standing there the eagle comes down did you sit there and just reflect for a moment on that or were you just so just amped up on focusing on doing the right things you know when the eagle came down you know i think that's really when it kind of hit me he's like you know i'm an nfl player for you know the philadelphia eagles so right there it was a pretty eye-opening experience for me to feel like a lot of my emotions just kind of came out how about the speed of the game after the first couple it kind of slowed down a little bit you know just kind of the flow of the game because i haven't played a football game in a while so you got to catch up to the flow of the game again and uh, you know after that happened it's just pretty smooth for me you feel like now moving forward now it's going to be a bit easier 
Yeah, you know, I think that was a pretty big jump just to get the first one out of the way, you know, just kind of see how everything goes, how the flow of the game goes, you know, how people react. And then, you know, we face a lot of adversity too. So be able to overcome a lot of things like that in your first game hopefully should make everything else a little bit easier. Did you get back to your telephone afterward and see all these messages from friends and family? Hey, man, I saw you on national TV. I got a lot of, uh, you know, text messages and stuff. I got a lot of people texting me the next morning. You know, a lot of people did miss it because, you know, it was pretty late. My family, you know, stayed up, you know, they got together at home. They all got in the same house and uh, it was pretty cool to have everybody there and send me a picture so congrats man thank you very much let's end things here with the Merrill Minute with the voice of the Eagles Merrill Reese bringing everyone back to reality thinking about Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers the Eagles are in the Super Bowl the Eagles are in it's Groundhog Day they did it again on the end zone I don't believe it this game could be in a museum On the surface, the San Francisco 49ers do not seem to present a great challenge for a team that right now is standing 6-1 and and is the talk of the National Football League. You look at the 49ers, they are 0-7. But I say this and I mean this, they are a dangerous team. They have taken most games all the way to the end before falling down. They were beaten badly by Dallas, but two games into overtime, they lost several by just a couple of points. They're a dangerous team. They have playmakers. Every team in the National Football League, I know it sounds like a cliche, but there is the old any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday, in this case Sunday theory. It can happen. The Eagles are playing great football right now, but they have to keep the mindset that every game is a battle, that on any day that team can rise up. So they have to prepare for the 49ers the same they would prepare for the New England Patriots. It is that serious to keep this thing going. Each week stands alone. I heard Doug Peterson say every game when he was in Green Bay, all they wanted to do was be 1-0. They have to take that mindset into this game. And if they do, their success will continue. And that will do it for this Eagles Live podcast. We're back after the game on Sunday from Lincoln Financial Field with our instant reaction Eagles Live podcast following the game against the 49ers. Thanks to Brian Thomas and Richard Chu for putting this all together. And thanks to you for taking the time and the love to listen. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro saying, have a great Eagles day, everyone, and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S.